What's up, everyone? Welcome to NBA Unwrapped, episode 38. I'm Corbin Weinerman, joined by Perry Aston and Steve Kafagi. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well, a little bit better than the Wizards. It's Thanksgiving coming up. We're getting ready for that. What about you, Steve? Oh, I'm doing great, but I uh, could not agree more with Perry over here with these with these Wizards. <laughs> Everyone's doing better than the Wizards these days, but we'll get into that. We're going to get into a lot of stuff on this episode, but before we do, I want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped and Perry on Twitter at Perry Aston. Seif has a Twitter account, but he works for Facebook, so go ahead and check him out on there. <laughs> and also just want to remind you guys to listen to our show either on podcast.com or right now we're still on soundcloud but we'll be transitioning fully to podcast.com we'll also still be on the apple itunes podcast app so go ahead and check us out on one of those all right let's get right into this a lot of stuff has been going on in the nba lately uh, i want to start off with drama that's been going on with a few teams first team very surprisingly, but the Golden State Warriors, um, for anyone who didn't see it when it happened about a week ago now, um, all, started, week ago. <laughs> all started when the Warriors were playing the Clippers in L.A., tie game with about eight seconds left. Raymond Green gets an offense, or defensive rebound, and instead of passing it to Kevin Durant to take the last shot, Green tries to bring it down the court himself, ends up turning the ball over. Game goes into overtime, and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green end up having a shouting match with each other on the sideline. There's been some reports that Green was reportedly calling Kevin Durant a bitch. Um, it's been some. I mean, when he walked in from the huddle, he said, "That's why I'm out of here." Yeah, I mean, and that was after and, his brother tweeted all that stupid stuff or put it on Snapchat about him leaving or whatever in the most passive aggressive way. What was that a month ago? So. I don't think it's a question in anybody's mind that has anything to do with the NBA that Kevin Durant won't be a Warrior past this year. I think the team has already made peace with that, and they're just well, trying and, to and keep Well, and Green it referenced his uh, free agency also, reportedly. Right, and the coaching staff argument. constantly gets asked if his impending free agency is lingering around the team. What are they supposed to say? Yes, it's completely lingering around the team. We're ruined. Like We have nothing going for <laughs> us. Like. No, it's not. He's signed on a contract. He's playing basketball for us. And when you're talking to the managerial or Bob Myers, it's, yeah, we're paying him money. He's here to play. So don't talk to me about this right now. We'll talk about it later on in the season or at next season. So I don't think it's quote unquote lingering. I think it's already settled in with the Warriors that they're going to move past Kevin Durant next year. And I think this is alarming for Draymond Green, considering all the issues that he's put this team in throughout the years. Yes, he's helped the team, but he wasn't there for them in the finals that one year. Time after time, again, he makes stupid mistakes to keep him rather suspended or cause issues with other players. And it just seems like he needs to get his shit straight because he's one of the main reasons it looks like that they're sending the second best player in the NBA packing. As you were saying that, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report saying KD won't hold grudge into free agency that Durant said. Like I said, oh, Raymond won't factor. Well, that was that was weird timing considering I just saw the alert pop up right now. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, what are you going to say? Oh, you know, we're holding a grudge till free agency. We actually squared up outside the arena. (laughs) This is getting serious. I took shots at his mom. Like you need to really check into this because it's getting serious, getting heated. What are you going to say? you got to make peace. Like I said, you are getting paid to play basketball, and you have a chance to win another championship. And if you want to let this petty shit get in the way of that, you're more than welcome to, but you're the best team ever constructed. So, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I, I completely disagree. I, I think KD not only comes back to the Warriors next year, wow. and not only do I think Draymond comes back, I think I think the entire core is back. You're bold like Blackhawk. I, you know, I think I think if, if if the Warriors win, which I don't know if there is a team that's going to stop them the way that they've been playing recently, but there is no other team KD can go to to have this kind of impact, this type of legacy, unless he thinks he can do it on his own. And, you know... In this case, I think he's going to put up with it. They're going to make up. They're going to win a ring, and this is going to be forgetful in six months. I, I don't disagree with you about the ring part, yeah. but I do believe he'll be playing by himself, running a team next year, maybe matched up with one other superstar because you kind of have to in today's NBA. <coughs> LeBron! Maybe the Lakers, but I, I don't see that. him back there at <laughs> all. And I don't like Draymond's position through this because the team suspended him, and this was... a. Thing where they mentioned in post-game conferences that there's been tons of incidents that they haven't disciplined him, that they've been lenient. So what, you finally are disciplining the kids now? Like It shows that this is a lot more serious than you think considering how many games in a row have they lost. I think it's, what, four out of five now? This is a team to where the Grizzlies are in a better position than the Warriors are right now. In the standings, check the last five games, check the last ten games. The Grizzlies, I'm going to repeat that again, the Memphis Grizzlies are in a better spot than the Golden State Warriors. So, yes, this is lingering. You can put out as many Yahoo reports as you want. This is, it's already been said. Katie's, he can say, oh, it's all good for the rest of the season. But what was said, that was the last straw. He walked out of that huddle saying, this is why I'm out. You can make up all you want so that it's not awkward moving forward for the rest of the year or doesn't quote-unquote cause friction in the public point of view considering they're all on contract and I know that Bob Myers wasn't going to have that fly but is it hurting the team absolutely oh yeah I and Steph Curry's hurt you need Steph Curry to be in that lineup it's it looks like they're not this super team forever but you saw you saw after after that incident happened Steph Curry was not on the bench wasn't with the team when that incident happened and they immediately had him rejoin the team, even though he's not playing, just because um, he just creates a lighter mood for everyone. I think winning cures almost everything, cures a lot of stuff. It's going to... The Warriors, this isn't going to completely linger for the whole season. I don't think this is anything to cure. Like I said, they Well, let let me ask you, just in terms of for this year, forget moving forward, Seif, Perry, both of you, does this concern you? Do you have legitimate questions that the Warriors might not win the championship this year? I still stand by my point that there's not a team that can touch the Warriors talent-wise as long as they stay healthy, but we did say that was barring injury or anything. We said that the Warriors, the only way they lose is if they beat themselves. And if Steph Curry's not in that lineup, they're not winning that championship. I 100% agree. I don't th- there's no team in the NBA that goes head-to-head with the Warriors fully healthy. I agree too, but like with Steph Curry, I think if the playoffs were happening right now, especially the NBA Finals, he'd be playing right now. He'd the regular playing. season, they. I'm, I'm they're not, not saying with this injury back. in particular. I'm just saying later on in the year, we said barring injury, yeah. that's the only way that that team's not going to win the championship. If he's down for whatever reason in that final series, whatever team is good enough to make the finals at that point, I probably going to take them if they have a good head of steam over a Curryless Warriors after all this went down. Durant, it doesn't look like he can lead the team right now. It doesn't look like he wants to. Since Curry went down, they haven't looked very good. And I know you just pulled up the standings on your phone to check me on that Memphis Grizzlies yeah, take that I just did. And you know that I'm 100% right. So I'm going to stake by on that and stay tuned. Yeah, I think uh, 
I think even without Curry for the finals, if they had Draymond Green, uh, so Durant, Thompson, and Green, I still think they probably end up winning that. And that's with DeMarcus Cousins coming back, too, which we forget about. We don't know how to factor in DeMarcus. I know. Well, and I, I'm the biggest out. critic of Achilles' injuries of anyone. So those, we'll those three without Steph, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. That's the, that's a, that's a, Steph is a big, big piece. No that. Steph, no championship. Let me ask you guys, so moving forward into next season, uh, the Lakers right now, they are the betting favorites to have Kevin Durant at the beginning of next season. Where do you two think Durant ends up next uh, year? My gut feeling tells me Los Angeles, not even out of fandom here, just seeing the reports and seeing the cap situation and seeing the fact that the Lakers kind of had their eyes set on Kawhi. And like I said, what was that three podcasts ago? Hot take, he's going to stay in Toronto, and you called me crazy. <laughs> he's, what's he going to go go to the Clippers? Maybe, you know, but I think he's going to stay in Toronto still. I stand by that. And I think Clay Thompson sticks around in Golden State. I think AD sticks around in New Orleans. I think there's a lot less shifting around next offseason. Not that the NBA is the most exciting league, and no matter what, every offseason, everything blows up. So, of course, it's still going to happen, but... I think people are putting jersey swaps too too soon. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Katie definitely goes to LA. I'm just not sure which LA it is. I think he could. I think he could be a Clipper. I think he could be a Laker. And look, I hope he's a Laker. I think teaming up with LeBron causes some problems to his legacy. One might argue he's already created, but but he's not worried about that. I don't know if you I don't know if he t- if he doesn't take that opportunity to actually team up with LeBron. Yeah, shout out to the Clippers who are currently I believe the 4 seed and are surprising a lot of people around the league. Kenny Hawks, Clipperholics, we had him on a podcast, you know, a few months ago. It was so fun having him on. He had some high hopes for the Clippers, but definitely being a realist with how young the team was and a lot of the movement there. So I'm sure he's very happy. We'd love to have him back on soon. I know he was excited when he saw the Clippers were up there in the power rankings. I saw it on Twitter the other day and very well deserved. They're playing extremely good basketball with a roster that top to bottom doesn't look as talented as the other people around them in the West, no, and it's impressive. The entire West. We're going to get into it a little bit later, but the entire Western Conference outside of the Suns all look like they could vie for a playoff spot. Uh, really quickly before we move on to drama with the Wizards, uh, Jared Jack had a tweet a few days ago saying how, basically, mark my words, in eight months, Lakers are going to have LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis all together on the same team. Jared Jack said that? Yeah. How realistic do you guys think that is? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I just said it. is staying in New Orleans. so Okay. So I, you- I'd love to see it, but... Uh... Even even my Laker fandom doesn't stretch that far. I mean, it did when I thought they were getting Kawhi and Paul George, and look at me now, and look at you now. So I'm going to sit back and hope KD. If it's KD and LeBron, that's the one and two uh, best yeah. players in the NBA. Christmas present much? Thanks. Like I'm down with that. I don't yeah. need anyone else. I'm not going to be greedy. I think the Kevin Durant's a lot more likely to end up with the Lakers just because obviously he is able to control his own future. I think we talk about him messing up his legacy. He already did that, and he showed he didn't care about that when he went to the Warriors. I think Him it's going, I think it's repairable. Look at LeBron; well, he was the most hated person in the in America for a while. He was the yeah. laughing stock of the NBA when in regards to fandom and people. They were just hating him. They didn't even know. They even watched the games. It was oh Kobe. This is why, honestly, why Kobe gained so many more fans later on <laughs> in his career. Kobe fandom 
was so large when everyone became a LeBron hater because it was no more who's better. It was, oh, fuck LeBron. It's Kobe. It's Kobe. It's this. So no one just in LA was a Kobe fan. It was everyone. And that's mainly because everyone hated LeBron James because of what he did to his image. Now look at him, the I Promise School, and you know he's a producer in every single thing that's in Hollywood right now, and everyone loves LeBron James. It's fixable. You're that talented. You went and you won your rings. If you leave on a good note and you come and do some amazing things with LeBron James, you're always going to have your haters, especially those that are hanging out in Oklahoma City, but <laughs> so be it. You're going to go create some magic for the rest of your, you know, your career, no pun intended, Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I just think there's something beautiful about Durant going to the... Not beautiful about him going to the Warriors and making them the most dominant team ever, but then being the one to take down that dynasty. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I think the Anthony Davis stuff is a lot less realistic. Lakers, they have trade assets, but I mean, a team like the Celtics, if they really wanted to, they could swoop in and take him. But let's move on to the Wizards. Uh, Perry, I'll let you talk a little bit about just what happened with them involving their practice recently. Yeah, so another Jimmy Butler situation with practice, you know, telling everyone to go fuck themselves. It's hilarious <laughs> from an NBA fan's point of view. And at the same time, it shows the dysfunction that is there. Scott Brooks has no control of the team. I read an article that thought Dwight Howard was going to be the savior there and make the Wizards a contender <laughs> in the East just a few days ago. And I saw it was dated back to the beginning of the year. So I had a lot of fun reading that article and seeing how absolutely awful the Wizards are. <laughs> and we had Wizards fangirl on here last season, so shout out to you. We should have her back on once they start turning this around, or after if, all these trades. Yeah. If not, sorry about the season. But I put up a poll on NBA asking who you thought would be traded first between John Wall, Bradley Beal, Otto Porter Jr., and Kelly Oubre. And you guys said... John Wall, 44%. And the reason why I totally agree with you guys is because he is orchestrating this all. And Bradley Beal did make his comments saying that he's been dealing with this shit for seven years and he had to be held back from altercations in practice. But John Wall, when talking to Coach Brooks, Coach Brooks pretty much took a shot at their work ethic and said that they had to work harder in a nutshell and strive for more on a day-to-day -day basis. And John Wall literally looked back and said, fuck you. And I can only imagine Scott Brooks's face. And if I was there, I would have laughed so hard, you would have not been able to contain me. <laughs> so apparently he apologized shortly after. It was within the hour to the coaching staff, to his teammates, and this all got dissolved, I guess. But it's he got slapped with a fine and nothing else besides that. I'm surprised there wasn't a suspension you know, wrapped around that from the team to at least have him sit out for a game. This shows that there's no control here in Washington, and they have leaked reports that they are taking trade offers for every one of their major assets. Like I said in that poll, the four of them are the most attractive out of anybody. You know, they already liquidated Marcin Gortat and, you know, got Austin Rivers back this offseason and put together some pieces, and Dwight Howard wouldn't be a tradable asset right now. Not that anybody would want him. So... The Wizards are stuck with having to rather liquidate one of their stars or one of their young guys in Kelly Oubre or Otto Porter Jr. I I could not disagree more with you, Perry. I think John Wall is going to be the hardest player from the Wizards to trade. That's I mean, his play has kind of dipped off lately as the injury history, but 
More importantly than that is the four-year, $169 million extension he signed that kicks in after this year. So this is what his salary is going to be for the next four years. Starting next year is age 29 season. He's making just under $38 million. Then it goes to 41, 44, and then just under $47 million for his age 32 season. Nobody wants a player with an injury history like John Wall, who has been an issue to a team for the past few years. The Wizards would be lucky just to be able to get a trade for John Wall, period. If they get cap relief for him, that's a godsend. I think... You don't think someone overpays for John Wall? No, I don't. Because he's still a star. He's a very good player, but I just think GMs in the NBA are smart enough to where they're not going to trade for him. I think Bradley Beal is going to be the easiest one to trade. He's still on a pretty team-friendly contract. He has two years left. Um, he's having a down year in terms of his three-point percentage this year. The last year was a career year. Yeah, I, yeah. I attribute all of his struggles to the team. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point that you bring up. I think Bradley Beal will probably end up being traded pretty soon. Uh, who was it? The Hornets are reportedly interested in him. Yeah. Um, I mean, in backcourt with Kemba Walker, who has been reported to be in trade talks also, yeah. but also reported to not be in trade talks at all. So there is conflicting reports. But now I'm hearing they're trying to team up more people around Kemba and build a roster there and at least give it one, more, it. You know, one more go. So with that right there, Bradley Beal and Kemba Walker, that's exciting. And we'll see if that will be able to get done. I read that it would be Marvin Williams and a pick, which would probably yeah, be a Marvin first Marvin Williams rounder. or Nicholas Batum. Yeah, which in a, a first pick, rounder. Which that's not a bad price at all to pay for someone like Bradley Beal. I would uh, take that trade for both sides. Yeah, I, th- I think Especially the, if it's Nicholas Batum, I'd be a lot happier. The issue with the Wizards, though, is that it just doesn't sound like Bradley Beal is really the problem there. It sounds like it's John Wall. He's I not, mean, the, John, he's John not Wall's the problem, had, but you heard him say, I've been dealing with this yeah. shit for seven years. And when stuff like this goes down, you know, you got your coach getting cussed at, you have no control over the team. This isn't just, oh, we need to trade one player and that's the you know answer. You need to blow it up. This they, is, kind, they kind of... This is a blow it up trade situation. one player and it's John Wall. It's just for the reasons I no, talked no, about. No, no, I think they got to blow it up not just because of this problem. Look at how they are playing as a team. This core is only as good as it's going to get. And if you're going to hang on to anyone and you're going to ask me, it's going to be Ubre and Otto Porter. You're going to try and liquidate Bradley Beal as quick as possible along with John Wall. And you start fresh right there and you have those young prospects that you're still working with and take some more cap space moving forward. See what you can get back and attack the draft later on. If you get rid of Otto Porter and Kelly Ubre, that's what you hope players that end up in the lottery become. Not that they are stars in this league. Bradley Beal. What was that? I'm, I've 100%. You, you no, Brad, hope they turn into someone like Bradley Beal. I agree, Beal, but right? that Bradley Beal, look at him three years ago. He wasn't there. It's progression. Kelly Oubre and, like I said, Otto Porter are a lot younger in their career. So Bradley Beal, to me, is a guy that you can get more for right now because of how he's played, because of the career highs that he put up last year. People are interested in taking that Bradley Beal bait, but if you're going to give up the prospects that you have that are just becoming you know, into their own, that's when you start really going back to the drawing board and don't have much to work with. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really think John Wall, if they were to trade him, I mean, he had issues with Marcin Gortat last year. I think they year. trade both. Um, I think they trade I just, both. I don't see how, if they can get a trade for John Wall. Bradley um, Beal doesn't want to be there either. I've been dealing with I think part of that is John Wall. Yeah. 
You know what? I take that back because he's been agree. talking about how the front office also them not having. I any completely control disagree. Over the I think he's so no, I, upset. Yeah, yeah he's no, just, I agree. He's I agree. the definition of disgruntled, right? Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talking a little bit more about the Lakers. LeBron James passing Wilt Chamberlain for fifth on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Don't have to spend much time on this, but just wanted to say congratulations to LeBron. Uh, it's just incredible when you think about LeBron James isn't even thought of as a scorer. That's not his best ability. And for him to be... LeBron James fifth, thought of him as a scorer. 100%. No, but you think about his playmaking abilities. and puts up, What did he put up? 60 points? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's not good at it. I'm saying what most people think of when they think of LeBron, it's his all-around ability and his ability to playmake for others. So to be able to do all of that and still be fifth on the all-time scoring list. It's just... He's only a 28-9-9 guy. I, I never said he's not a... He's, he's the best basketball player to ever play, yes. and that's ruining our end debate already for my end because it's yeah. LeBron every question you're going to ask me. <laughs> and now when you see what he's doing for the Lakers, at the beginning of the year he was coasting at like 75%, yep. not playing 100% ball, really watching the team and figuring out who he can trust and who he can't. Of figuring out Luke Walton, you know everything else that goes along with becoming a new LeBron James-led team, and now he's starting to step it up, and you see it with dropping 51, and then he set another record, I believe what was it, 60, and you know what was it? No, 50. Oh, sorry, it's 40 something, and then he dropped 51. Oh, 44 then 51. Yeah, 44 yeah. then 51, and that's both the highest since Kobe did it years ago. So yeah. they haven't had a score in yes. When Kobe LeBron did James, it when he took fifty shots. And LeBron James is a score. They haven't had a score like LeBron James since since you know Kobe Bryant. And LeBron James is just flat out the best player on the planet. So yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to a little bit more LeBron James news. I want to talk quickly about? There was a report that came out that LeBron James going into his final year with the Cavs. So last off season, he found out that the Cavs were considering trading Kyrie Irving. He called up the Cavs GM, Kobe Altman, was on the phone with him and told Kobe Altman, do not trade Kyrie Irving and especially do not trade him to the Celtics. Kobe Altman told him, don't worry, LeBron, we're not going to do it. Uh, And then hours later, they ended up trading him to the Boston Celtics of all teams. Uh, LeBron James was quoted yesterday or earlier today as saying, when Kyrie got traded, it was the beginning of the end for everything. I want to ask you guys, if Kyrie did not get traded, he'd still be on the Cavs, he'd have, this would be his final year under contract, would LeBron James still be on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yes. Wow. I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if that decision naturally changes everything for him and his family, the reasons that he want to actually be in LA for the long term. Um, I think it makes it harder, and I think the Lakers would have had to pull out a little bit more of the stops. Um... But I, I think he ends up being in LA. I, th- I think the way it was played, regardless, is, is him in the right place. To I think with Kyrie on that team last year, they had a chance to win that championship. And if they would have won I, that I think championship, so too. LeBron he would have stayed. Playing out of his mind. He would have stayed. I think regardless if they won that championship or not, I just think for the reasons that Steve talked about, this is what LeBron wanted to do. This is how he wanted to end his career in LA, uh, building. Yes, it was more than just because of basketball, even though the Lakers were also a good fit for basketball reasons, but he wanted to build his empire. And I just think that that would have happened either way. If Kyrie was still on the Cavs, he's unhappy and he's going to leave after this year anyways. Well, I mean, if you win a championship, like you said, winning fixes everything. You win a championship, they both re-sign, you run it back. Okay, but I mean, I know this is a little bit different, but this the Kevin Durant It's completely hypothetical. It's completely hypothetical. So, yeah, yeah, like if he stays, he... 
he would stay too. Let's move on to one more LeBron James related topic. So he's going to be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland tomorrow night. Cavaliers are going to have a tribute video to him. First off, is he going to get an applause, booze, mixture of the two? What do you think? I think it's going to be a standing ovation. 100%. Yeah, that's, I agree. That's what he loves. Him. And if not, you guys are a bunch of bitches. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, if you anyone boos him, go fuck yourself. Leave that stadium. <laughs> go home. Seriously. Why'd you waste the money on a ticket? There is no sport franchise like the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron. And he could have, there's no other player I think that could have brought that kind of fame He's to a single, like single handedly yeah. built that franchise up. And yeah. any sport, football, basketball, yeah. you you name it. Yeah, no, he deserves nothing but applause. Um, yeah. But I also wanted to ask you guys so we saw what LeBron did in his return to Miami. That was his first time actually winning in Miami since he left the Heat. Um, what do you guys expect for LeBron tomorrow night? Is this a serious question? The Cavs are one of the worst teams ever put together right now, and I don't even know if they're going to win 11 games this season. They're going to steamroll the Cavs, and LeBron's going to laugh about it and not even play the last half of the fourth quarter. I don't even think he plays in the fourth quarter. I think he's on the, on the bench signing autographs. There you go. Okay. There you go. How, how many points do you guys think he has? I think he them? stops at like 35 and okay. continues to start like, I don't contributing. I think he gets to 30. I think he's at like 24, 8, and 8. Yeah, and I, can, like I, can point. Point. I can see that too. I can see that too. I can see everyone just draining. Kuzma goes off. Ingram goes off. Everyone, because they yeah. can't play much defense there. And now I'm going to bring up a topic with J.R. Smith, who's on the Cavs and is completely abandon the team and working out on his own i'm gonna say lebron scores 40 by the way yeah i mean whatever he does score it's gonna be a steamroll and it's gonna be sad to watch if you're a cleveland cavalier it's gonna be fun for me to watch yeah if if you're in cleveland you're gonna just be watching it feels like your ex-girlfriend left and you're watching her on a date with her new boyfriend and it's going (laughs) swimmingly and you're sitting back like damn you know what what could i have done differently you know i wish he stuck around like was it me was it him you know then you're doubting your relationship so now LeBron, clearly plentiful in his new relationship and having a good time. It's going to be sad for them to watch whatever he does score. It's not even going to be a game. But you were talking about J.R. Smith? Yeah, J.R. Smith, not even with the team anymore. He's now requested a trade, demanded a trade. They're going to give it to him, and I don't know what they'll be able to get back for J.R. Smith, but I think J.R. Smith deserves respect from Cleveland, but that is that one player that when he does come back, it's going to be a mixture of both. Just because that last play that happened at the end of last year where he ran back, you know, instead of to the hoop and forgot how to play, you know, ball basket for a second. So, you know, that's... You know, basketball. I forgot how to say basketball. Ball okay. basket. It's the opposite. <laughs> Jesus. I have to explain my jokes to Corbin on the pod. It's been yeah, a while since well. we've been back. But... <laughs> yeah, he's going to get traded, and I don't know what they're going to be able to get back for JR, considering he's at the end of his career and not much more than just a spot-up shooter. I'll now. tell you exactly what they're going to get back for JR. Nothing, because no team is stupid enough to trade for him. JR Smith, he's due $14.7 million this year, and he's owed, I believe, another like $15 million next year, but of that, about $4 million is guaranteed. Who, who wants JR Smith? Who wants him for the league minimum? And then J.R. Smith said, no, he's not open to taking a buyout. Of course he's not, because they're not going to pay you anything close to the almost $15 million that you're owed this year. I don't know. He threw a soup in a coach's face last he's, year. So. Who, who's paying $15 <laughs> million Happy for fucking that? Thanksgiving. If someone's yeah. going to pay yeah. $15 million for speaking, that, I'll throw soup into the coach's yeah, face speaking, for $2 million. Speaking of soup and food, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Hope you have a very good one and you know, fill up with soup and plenty other 
turkey and other festivity stuff. Yeah, just be aware of your surroundings, unlike J.R. Smith, on multiple occasions. Run to the turkey, not away from the turkey, guys, and it's going to be a beautiful Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, a little surprising that it got done. I know we were all expecting that it would get done eventually, but um, I don't know. It's, it's good to see that it didn't drag out longer than it did, though. It's uh, working but, out for both. Yeah, teams well, here, right here's now. the full Jimmy Butler trade. So the Sixers got Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. Timberwolves got Dario Saric, Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, and a 2022 second rounder. Who won that trade? Well, 100% Philadelphia. They got back a top 15 player in the NBA who plays amazing on both ends of the floor, and it's so rare to find someone that can carry your team on defense and finish out games late. You see already in the games that he's played in Philly, what, is he iced two games already, game-winning shots? It's been super exciting to see him, and the energy he has there, there was a really emotional moment with him and Allen Iverson hugging for like two hours on the court and talking about everything, whatever they're talking about, the city of brotherly love. And AI pretty much said that when he was there, that was the only time that there was hope for a championship and for the city to feel like they're led by a true leader. And this is the first time that they've had someone since that. And not that Joel Embiid or any of them aren't stars in this league, but it's just completely different where with Jimmy Butler is in his career right now, and he can actually lead a team into the playoffs. And with his work ethic, people are doubting him right now because of how he left Minnesota. But I think that was more him not liking the fit and realizing how horrible Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins work ethic is and how he wants to surround himself with people that want to strive for greatness and not just be great and they want to strive for more and more and more always and not always get content and I think that's what the Timberwolves problem is is staying content with where they are and that's what this trade says it says that they're content with barely fighting for a playoff spot and that they want to win now. And that's why you get in guys like Robert Covington and Dario Saric, yeah. who, yes, they're still prospects, I guess you can say, but they're seasoned a bit now. And they've actually been in Minnesota, or sorry, in Philadelphia for a little while. And they've even made a playoff run or two. And it's this is guys that you get when you want to add to your roster and not replace a guy like Jimmy Butler. So if you're good with maybe making the 7-8 seed every year or every other year, being right there where the Denver Nuggets were prior to this year, go for it. But look what the Nuggets did after not being okay with that, actually having a really solid draft and making some moves and finding a way to put themselves in a better position. So I think Philadelphia is going to win a championship within the next five years. Mm. I don't think right now. But within the next five years, I think Jimmy Butler is going to stick around for the long term. And I think Joel Embiid is going to stick around for the long term. I think Ben Simmons is going to stick around for the long term. And I think they're going to find a way to piece this together because the end of the Warriors is near. It's not right now, but it's near. And it's going to be within not this year, the year after, whatever it may be. You can give it a three-year maximum if you want. It doesn't matter. But it's not right this second. But Philly's putting themselves in the spot to compete for years to come. And I really like this trade for them. Yeah, you talk about prospects for Dario Saric and Robert. Season, I guess you yeah. call them season. I mean, for, for me, for me, like prospects. Once you're onto your second contract, you're not a prospect anymore. Covington's onto more his Saric, second one. more Dario. Yeah, well, I mean, but even Saric, he took two years to come over from Europe, and then he's his third year in the NBA, so should be his fifth year. Right. Um, but yeah, I just I don't like the trade for the Timberwolves at all. There were reports that the Rockets were willing to give up to four first round picks. Um, yeah, yeah, what was maybe. wrong then? Why don't you take that then? That's what confused I, me. Yeah, because 
Even Josh Richardson in a first, I would have taken that and laughed. I yeah, Sarge, and, Sarge and Covington, that's not going to win you a championship. That's not going to make no, you... It'll keep you where exactly yeah, where you're at. Fighting if, for a playoff spot. If but, that's what you're cool with. Yeah. And, I mean, there are plenty of teams that if they get into the playoffs, that's a good year for them. So, I don't know. We'll see. But let's talk a little bit more about the Sixers. Markel Fultz, just, it's been so weird. His entire one and a half years, one and a quarter years in the NBA so far... But his shoulder injury that plagued him all of last year is apparently not going away. Uh, his agent let the team know today that he would not be practicing with them or playing in any games until he went to see a specialist next week. Um, Brett Brown, the Sixers head coach, he said he had no idea that Markel Fultz had any issues still lingering with his shoulder. Elton Brand said the same thing. Get and Elton, out of here. Did Elton you see Brand, him shoot free throws? Elton Brand, but Elton Brand also even said to the media when he was saying how Markel Fultz wouldn't be seeing a specialist until next week. Someone asked him, well, why until next week? And he said, I don't know. I asked his agent, and he just said that's the best time for Markel to go in. So it just sounds like Markel Fultz does not want to fix this, apparently. I, I don't know. Okay. It's just a really weird situation. Okay, here, here's the real thing. It's Thanksgiving. The specialists are at home with families. They're vacationing. Markel is not in any rush because he's, he's getting paid the same amount of money, and he's not happy with the fact that he looks like a complete idiot on the free throw line, and he's literally a meme now on Twitter every single day. People are asking if you would even want to trade a second round pick for him or anything like that on Twitter. And I've seen polls and people have been taking the second round pick over Fultz. And I know that's stupid because it's a first round talent who's got potential, but, and it's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah, but that potential is But he's broken. It looks like he's broken. Day. Would you take him for Kyle Corver? Like he's Kyle Corver for Fultz. Would you take that straight up if you're, if I'm if you're Sixers? Philly? Sixers? With what the position you're right now, and they're uh, in the market for a sharpshooter, and the Cavaliers are looking for a first round pick for Corver, which isn't going to happen. If you're Philly, do you do Fultz for Corver straight up? And are you happy with it if you're Philly? <laughs> that is crazy Thank that I'm you. even having Thank to think you, because about it. Because it's yeah. yes. The answer is yes. You take that trade, you put Corver in the fucking corner, and you win yourself <laughs> a playoff series. You don't sit there while Fultz throws the ball between his hands four times before shooting a free throw. That's me in ninth grade. That's me shimming on the line like a fucking idiot. That's what I did. So you're an NBA player, Fultz. What are you doing? Yeah, go see a specialist. Get yourself out of Philly because you know, they've moved on without you. You're not even a role player. You're not even the eighth man on their bench, if you're going to ask me. Marco is not a Sixer next year. Well, they, they picked up his contract for next year. But he he you know, will not we'll be on that roster next year one way or the other. And with Jimmy Butler's arrival... Jimmy's not going to have any of this bullshit that's yeah. been going on with Marco. Yeah, I mean, that's I what I said. Markel Mark be... got scared. He Mark, saw what happened. Markel going to be running Jimmy away. Uh, He's going to be pulling in a JR. Let's be pulling that way. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think that they'd do that trade for Corver because they already have J.J. Redick. But it's crazy that I'm even having to stop. They them absolutely do that. The they number one... do that trade. They're in the market for a sharpshooter. They literally said that. Having but just J.J. Redick is going to the number do one absolutely. overall pick At just this, from last year. And way. also the extra capital they had to give up to get him. No I'm shot. just asking you. You sat there for minutes. I know. I I know. So you have the Bucks and you have the Raptors in the East right now. And arguably the Celtics. Celtics right? Right? And the Celtics. And if you're the Sixers and you have J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver in opposite corners versus Markel Fultz today and have a chance to make it to the finals. Yeah. Do it. 
You taking that Absolutely. shot. LeBron's yeah, right. gone. East is open. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. They. Oh, hey, wow. I brought up yeah, a good one. Right. Yeah, you did. Uh, but even with all of that, Fultz still participated in, quote, light shooting with teammates today. The Sixers didn't have a formal practice. Okay, so. they went to 24-hour fitness. That's what they did. Together as a team. But I think Markel Fultz, I just... He just seems like a player that isn't very aware of himself. And, like, I don't know if he even knew what his agent was doing. And, like, no, oh, see, I'm, this I'm, is not, I'm not supposed to be playing? Oh, no, this is, this like, is a he forgot. Decision. No, I, I don't think so at all. I think he doesn't say anything. I think the coach didn't know. I don't think anyone knew. I think the agent said... Look at our position now. Look at how we're looking. We don't have power in this situation anymore. They have all the power. You go out game in and game out, and something is not right. And you need to find a way to gain that power back. And that's exactly what they're doing here, pretty much sidelining him until the team is forced to look a lot deeper into this to where it looks like it was their fault or an injury or something that's not Markel Fultz's skill declining because that to an agent is the scariest thing possible when you look at your guy and you're like damn you're not much more than a mid-level player now a guy that can come in for low-level contracts a guy that people are going to be looking for for just potential or a role player whatever that may be he's looking to continue with Markel Fultz has just had this injury, he's still the number one pick and he still has the potential to do what guys like Jason Tatum and all these other guys are doing right now. Lonzel Ball, people are saying he's a bust because of you know that one airballed shot and yeah. a couple other things, but look at what he does all around for basketball. His IQ, his defense, he does has, has flashes of greatness, so you believe it, that it's there and you believe that it's coachable. And for Fultz now, you're questioning if it's coachable. And what the agent's trying to do is change the script and make it seem like the, he's coachable, his skill's there. It's just been this injury, and that's what's been ruining it. Yeah, I completely agree with the move. It's all business. Yeah, it's just it's a weird situation. I don't think Fultz is going to ever come back from this. But let's move on to a few early season NBA questions. So let's just start off with the Milwaukee Bucks, who destroyed the Warriors in Golden State about a week ago. Uh, about a week ago. You got to stop saying that, bro. I got to get a sound button for this shit. Uh, are the Bucks championship contenders? No shots. <laughs> no. Okay, how about Eastern Conference championship contenders? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not going to matter. <laughs> absolutely. They can sure. make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think they'll win the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's a win in their book considering they get bounced, what, the first round every single year? Yeah. I think I that's a win. I want to see Giannis go against Kawhi and do that seven games. I, think, I would love to see that. Yeah, I would. That would be, be fun to I watch. think we might we might see that. So that's the thing. But Bucks are a much better team this year under their new coaching staff instead of with Jason Kidd. And Giannis looks as Giannis as always. And the team around him, Bledsoe is playing very well. Yeah, Chris Middleton really might be the most underrated scorer in the league. There's a lot of good pieces here. And if they continue to add around them, you know, once they get Dante DiVincenzo out there in the corner, I believe he's still injured or whatever he's dealing with. I haven't seen much of him. Once they start getting these sharpshooters around them, and these because they're so long, the Bucks. I'm like Nikolai Jokic right now. They're so long, no homo. Just like what he said. Did you catch that, by the way, a week or two ago? He was talking about Wendell Carter, Nikolai Jokic, and him getting defended by Wendell Carter in the, in the paint. And literally on national TV said, he's a lot longer than I expected, or a lot longer than I thought. No homo. Literally <laughs> said no homo. Got fined so hard by the league. I thought it was so funny. So yeah, Bucks are really long, no homo, and they need to add some more sharpshooting there. Yeah, I think uh, they're definitely going to be a, uh, a threat in the Eastern Conference, but um, I, don't know, I still, I'll still say I'd choose the Raptors over them. 
probably the Celtics, but maybe slot them out of the Sixers. But uh, we'll see. They're playing with some Jimmy really Butler, good basketball. I'm going to take the Sixers over the Bucks too. Yeah, but it's a four-team race, I think, in the Eastern Conference. I agree. Um, let's move on to the Western Conference. So right now there's 14 teams that all look like they could end up in the playoffs. Uh, the Suns are the only team that are just not looking like they have any chance in the playoffs. But 14th place in the West right now is the Timberwolves at 7-10. and 10. Uh, They're only two and a half games out of the eight spot in the West. Do you guys think that this is sustainable? Can there be a 14-team playoff race until the end in the NBA for the Western Conference? Not this deep. I think you can go all the way back to 11 or 12 and it'd be consistently tight all year. You remember the West last year with inside the final eight that made it into the playoffs within seeds, maybe three through seven or whatever that was, was so tight that if you lost your last game or won your last game, it decided where you were with seeding. That could happen again. I think now it's going to be the opposite where seeding's a little bit more consistent up at the top and it starts to figure itself a little bit earlier on in the season. But seeds like 5 through 12 or 5 through 14 are just super competitive for the 5 through 8 spots. And there's so many more teams fighting just to make it in. But you see like the standings right now with Portland number one and Memphis number two, who I talked about earlier on the podcast. Memphis is a team that people didn't expect to be good this year at all to be where the Suns are. To be honest, if you asked me in the beginning of the year which team could have surprised and with the talent that they have on that roster and possibly been there, I would have seriously said the Mavericks or the Suns. And I'm glad to see the Mavericks succeeding. But with Devin Booker and the core that the Suns have there and the way that they're able to score, they can't play defense for their lives. But the team that they have there, that's a team that has the potential to go off at any time. So to see them at 3-12, and 3-13, it's ridiculous, and they're right there with the Cavs and the Hawks, even the yeah. Knicks, you know, for just being the jokes of the league. And Cleveland, shout out for winning game number two. It took you long enough. Like, <laughs> hopefully you win at least 10 games this year. I'm going to put that number over under, Corbin, 10 games, Cavaliers. I'll say over. By how many? Three. You say 13, I'll say 13 wins. wins for them. What do you think? See if over under 10 wins for the Cavs. I think it's over, but and I'm right around that 13. I think they may maybe get to the 12 to 15. I'm going over by one. They're winning 11 <laughs> games this year. 11 games. Remember that number. It's stupid. Okay. In terms of the Western Conference, like I, I look at it, the Grizzlies are a surprise where they are. The Clippers are a surprise where they are. Definitely. But question for you both here. You have the Lakers at 8, the Rockets at 9. Yeah. The Spurs at 11 and the Jazz at 12. You have one spot. Who's making it? Rockets. Absolutely. Rockets. Based off of what I've seen. So I'd go Lakers because... No, I, Lakers are already in. He's in. Oh, I thought you were... Uh, are you talking about with the Lakers, include the Lakers for the eight Including the Lakers oh, okay. for the eight seed. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to go the Lakers. And, and that's not that's not because of me being biased towards the Lakers. It's I said this before on multiple podcasts that... The Lakers were going to get better as the season wore on and that they were going to struggle to start. But because it's been so close throughout the Western Conference, this bodes really well for the Lakers. I had predicted they'd end up as the sixth seed in the West. I think they're going to be a lot higher than that. They could end up even getting the two seed. Yeah, I predicted them to be the fourth. Yeah. And do you think like they're going to be higher than the fourth now, seeing I, how I the know, West is I, shaking I think up? the fourth is still where I'm going to stay. I okay. think LeBron James, it doesn't matter where he finishes. As long as he makes the playoffs, that's when the season actually starts. And people who say the Lakers are on the outskirts here, and if you're going to ask me if LeBron James and the Lakers don't have a chance to make the playoffs, or they're going to be that 
team that doesn't please how many finals in a row has lebron james won and it doesn't matter who the roster has been yeah some years he's had more help than others with the super team he put together in miami but you remember some of those Cavs teams that he dragged there and you look at the roster look now look at the roster that didn't have pretty much any changes at all except for removing lebron james from the equation and adding colin Sexton. you know adding colin sexton and you change the coaching staff and i'm not saying Ty Lue helped at all. If anything, he probably <laughs> hurt the team more. So you have changes there to where it shouldn't be this remarkable, this drastic of a fall, but that's because of LeBron James. It's all him, and he could turn it on whenever he wants to. So to think that he won't make it as one of the top eight teams in the West, you're absolutely out of your mind. You can debate with me if you think they're a top five team in the West because I'm going to say it doesn't matter. You make it into the eighth seed, and I'm, I'm going to feel just as good about LeBron as if they make it into the one seed. I definitely think the Lakers make the playoffs, right? I, I think I think the, the struggle here is not seeing Pop in the playoffs potentially with, with how some of these Not having playing. the same amount of experience and, on your roster is the yeah. one thing I'm worried about once they 100%. get there, but getting there is not going to be an issue. Yeah. Absolutely not. And you have Donovan Mitchell on the Jazz, and who, for God knows what reason, is just they're just not putting it together, but... He, he, here's another take. Do you feel that the Lakers, if if they end up as a seven or eight seed and play the Warriors, or the potential um, what the two seated Grizzlies, the right two seated oh, Grizzlies, watch out. Great, great <laughs> you know, city, I don't think the Grizzlies city. end up there. But if if, no. if the Lakers somehow catch the Warriors in the first round, um, they lose. Oh, they get bounced. That's yeah, first round exit. Honestly, I, I, I think that's. The worst watch, possible. It'll be a fun <laughs> series. LeBron's going to go off every game, but they're going to lose. I'm calling this right now. Lakers-Clippers. That would opening, be fun. Opening series. That would it's going to be so cool for LA. What are the repercussions, though? Four and five seed. Lakers-Clippers. Four and I, five. I think the Clippers are going to taper off and miss the playoffs. But what were you going to say? Come on. Repercussions for the Houston Rockets organization if they miss the playoffs. James Harden, Chris Paul. Oh. This was supposed to be the mega yeah. year. You're, you're arguably one quarter away from moving on to the NBA Finals, and now you can't make the playoffs. What happens? Uh, they're, for the first time in a while, because Daryl Morey likes to have a very fluid roster and have cap space going into each offseason, for the first time in a while, they're stuck. They got they're that stuck. long four-year deal with Chris Paul. They still have three years left. If they miss the playoffs this year, each year moving forward, Chris Paul is going to be a worse basketball player, and you're going to have to pay him more each year. His contract goes up. His talent's going to be going down. Uh, it's oh, they're stuck. Well, you're gonna ask me what do they do? They run it back. You try and add whatever yeah. veteran minimum you can, and try and slip in. That's all you do. Yeah, yeah. I have confidence they're gonna come back. They're gonna make it in as probably like the sixth seed. Yeah, but we're talking about the Cavs and their roster changes. I think the big thing we're forgetting is that is it really LeBron left why they're so bad, or Jeff Green because he left? So I mean, what if it was Jeff Green was the reason why they were? As good as hey, it's underrated. <laughs> Jeff Green is not every single year. So he went to the Wizards this year, part of that fiasco. What is he a curse or something? No, no, no. But I'm saying so there were quotes coming out of the Wizards before the season started, different people saying how incredible Jeff Green looks and how he can do anything on a basketball court. Because he's really athletic. Um, but he's just he has so much talent, but he underperforms everywhere he goes. And it's just it's Interesting to he's see a role that dynamic. Player. Yeah, exactly, a role but player. you look at him and you look at his athleticism. You look at what he can do. He should be much more than a role player, but he just isn't. It's more than just athleticism. You got to put it all together, and you got to be able to continue to evolve in the NBA. And once you just dunk hard and 
you know, <laughs> shoot threes well, like you eventually have to learn how to do something else. Look at Brooke Lopez, who's a fucking dinosaur and is having the best year of his career. Just she shooting it threes, from yeah. literally Steph Curry range. Lights out. Couldn't have been a better fit for the Bucks. Look at him now, evolving. You need to be a dinosaur that always evolves in the NBA. And if you're just a guy that jumps hard, you know, you're Gerald Green. That's what you are, Jeff Green. You're the Greens. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, Kemba Walker just really quickly going off for 60 in his overtime loss to the Sixers. He was guarded by Jimmy Butler for most of that game. And Butler said afterwards, so Butler ended up blocking Kemba Walker in a shot in overtime to win the game for the uh, 76ers. And then Butler said after the game he was just trying to end it so that Kemba wouldn't give him 70. Uh, Kemba's been playing phenomenally this year. I I hope they end up getting Bradley Beal or someone else just so that Kemba can have at least make it I'm going to put my money down that if any team makes a big move, it's going to be them. I honestly do. They see what's going on with Kemba Walker and Michael Jordan is at the helm there. Yeah. And he's been public that he wants to keep Kemba and it's a guy that he wants to build around. And Kemba's been honest about liking Charlotte but not being happy about not losing. I mean, you need to be straight up with your organization, and if you're not happy with the pieces around you, you can speak up and want better pieces around you, but it doesn't mean you need to jump ship. And he never said that. So I know we did have a Hornets Kemba-obsessed fan on Twitter when I said the disgruntled star and put him in that poll. He's like, why did you call Kemba disgruntled? He likes Charlotte. Like, look at this. I was like, I don't, whatever. If he likes Charlotte, there's been a ton of trade rumors this last week or two. So hence why his name was in the poll. And look how well he's playing. If you're going to sell high, it's going to be right now. So 100% warranted in that poll. You know, if there's a star right now that there's been trade rumors that might not get traded, sure, Kemba Walker, because he's got Michael Jordan and he's balling out right now. And if you want to win and you want to actually make it in the playoffs, there's no chance you're going to do it with the roster that you have currently constructed. You're going to be right there with the Minnesota Timberwolves as that same kind of caliber team, floating right around an eight seed, hoping that you're going to make it in, or like the Pistons were, or still are. So you need yeah. to figure it out and get back to making a big move, give Kemba some help figure out how to bring some excitement into that city and roll that into the playoffs. Yeah. Let's move on to Carmelo Anthony. So recently parted ways with the Rockets. The Rockets haven't released him. He's still technically a member of the organization, but uh, they're going to allow Carmelo and his representatives to try to find a trade or some situation that makes sense for him. Um, he's on a veteran minimum contract anyways. So He already robbed the Hawks before going there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to ask you guys, do you think Carmelo Anthony ever plays in the NBA again? I do, and I think he's going to play for the Miami Heat this year. And I think he's going to find a way just to squeeze this last year out, and that's going to be it. Steven Jackson, former NBA player, put out a video a week or two ago. I already talked about it. I was on a guest appearance on the Quarterly Report, if you see that on the Apple iTunes app with Armand Lee. I was talking about the purple and gold and talking about – all of the stuff we were kind of talking about right now, Jimmy Butler, Carmelo, everything, and I was talking about how he got blackballed, quote-unquote, from Steven Jackson and how they did the same thing to him and to AI and a number of other players, but he really only listed those two names that really stood out. And he thinks it's happening to Melo, and he causes problems for the league, and he's no longer the same player. And you got a guy like Tracy McGrady, who retired at the exact same age that Carmelo is right now, telling Carmelo publicly to retire because he can relate 100% to a situation where when it comes to the twilight years of your career and you're no longer the number one guy and not everything revolves around you, you don't want to take that player-coach role. You don't want to take the bench role. You don't want to... Find a way to contribute to a team and teach the young guys that you have 
that's not in the cards for a guy like T-Mac or possibly a guy like Melo because Trace McGrady's talking directly to him. And I don't see Melo as the kind of guy that's going to mentor the young guys. It took him until, what, a month ago before he even entertained the idea of going off the bench? So, no, he's not going to be a player coach and ride out the twilight years of his career in this really Vince Carter kind of way. It's not going to happen that way. Melo's going to be gone after this year, and people are making jokes that he's going to team up with Jimmer Fredette in China. I don't see that happening either, but I think he finds a way to go play with Dwayne Wade and do this one last tour, another Swan banana boat squad. Yes, I guess. And I, it kind of sucks how this worked out with the Rockets because I at least want him to stay on the team. He was the scapegoat, 100%. Yeah, their defense is awful, and they're not shooting nearly at the same rate as they were last year. And with Carmelo on the court, they have an awful defensive rating. But even when you take away Carmelo, yeah. their defensive rating is still like 15th or 16th in the league. So what happens so, when you lose Ariza and Luke There's far, and far problems beyond yeah. Carmelo Anthony. So if you want to use him as the scapegoat, go for it. Hopefully, James Harden wakes up one day and just starts balling, and you guys, it's conveniently at the same time as Carmelo, and you look like you kind of just wiped your hands clean, but I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is a team freaking out early on in the season and the league not loving Carmelo in it because of all the issues he's caused. You know, first of all, full respect to Dwayne Wade. I definitely hope Melo does not join Wade in Miami. I think it would be a disservice to Dwayne Wade. I think this is his tour. I think it's his city, his town. He does it his way. Uh, If I'm Melo, listen, I think we're at the end of the rope. I think we call it a day. We retire. You're gonna go. You you might start. You might come off the bench for another org. You know. You've had a hell of a career. Yeah, You're absolutely. an Olympic legend. You have set records there. Absolutely. You've led multiple teams. You've been an all star so many times. You've never won a championship, unfortunately, but you've made playoff runs. And remembering him with his hair on the Nuggets and mm-hmm. flying all over the place, and even the beginning with the Knicks, even the middle years with the Knicks, it was so exciting to watch, and you loved it. Yeah. So. Seeing this now, seeing the Thunder last year where he set career lows, now it's even worse. It's sad to see, and I haven't seen a player drop off this drastically in a very long time. Don't don't let anyone take it away from you, Melo. Just step out. Yeah, yeah I agree with T-Mac. Leave now. Totally leave now and ride off in the wind on your uh, stallion. You just do whatever you got to do. Just don't sit here and struggle any more than you already have with this last year with the Thunder and right now with the Houston Rockets. You take Steven Jackson's advice, AIs, you take T-Mac, you take all these legends that were all in a similar situation to you because Allen Iverson was embarrassed to admit to his people, quote-unquote, his inner circle that he was coming off the bench in Memphis he, he didn't want to do it anymore. It was he like I read quotes that he was embarrassed to tell his quote unquote inner circle, and it just wasn't what he wanted to do anymore. And once you are the guy, if you can't be the guy anymore, it's not worth it. Yeah, I see your point, Safe. With if Carmelo went to the Heat, that that could be kind of unfair to Wade. But even if Carmelo is on the Heat, the attention is still going to be all focused on Dwayne Wade. There, even if Carmelo comes out and says, even this more is my harm final, to Melo. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, Dwayne Wayne needs I don't to think that Carmel Anthony ends up playing again. I think uh, Dwayne Wayne needs to start playing. Yeah, I mean he had a kid well, I mean, and he was yeah, away with the team for a long a, time, but that's not a even. Good reason but to no, not even. I just saw games. I just saw Eric Spolster put out that he was missing another game or two because of quote unquote personal reasons. So I get that you're old and in the twilight year of your career and doing this but maybe solo ride off or whatever. I, I guess. Baby, but like, if I bought a ticket to a game for your farewell tour and you weren't playing, I would personally come to your house and ask for a refund. 
Well, Why would you want to see the heat? the birth of his child, that's a no, pretty good no, no, no. You took that week off. You came back for a game. And now you want to take more time <laughs> off for your personal reasons. Why well, I bought a ticket to your game. I mean, I'm wearing my Miami Vice jersey. I'm wearing the with. blackout jersey. I'm coming in hot. You're not there. Please, Dwayne. You know, where are you at? Tiss, tiss. <laughs> taking, shit. taking care of his child. That's where he is. <laughs> you got a wife. Come on, kid. <laughs> Get on the court. You're paying me a lot of money for this last year. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, spoke about them earlier. Uh, right now, second seed in the Western Conference. They're currently in talks to sign Joaquin Noah, another former New York Nick. You like that move? Hell yeah, I love that move. Joaquin oh Noah, God. that dude talks so much shit. I love that dude on the court. I'd love to see him back. Yeah, he's cancerous when you look at him on this contract. Yeah, but when you put well, him on a veteran's I mean, he's minimum. A, he's a free agent. Yeah, you put him yeah. on a veteran's minimum, and Joaquin Noah's not you know, this awful piece anymore. It's like, oh, he actually can still contribute off the bench and he still can, can be gritty on the, just at least the Tyson Chandler role where he can at least play <laughs> defense and rebound. But, but I don't know. He puts up this windmill thing from the free throw line. He's always been this awkward player, but he's Knuckle always Knuckle gotten in people's heads. He's been on those teams for success. If you could add him and be way at the end of your bench and you got him on the most friendly contract of all time and you're already a Grizzlies team that's blowing minds right now, who cares? Go for it. Hell I, yeah. I love that move. 100% agree. I take if, if I get Joakim Noah on the veterans minimum or whatever, and it's cheap, and he's not going to cause problems, oh, yeah. and he's going to be my next Zach Randolph who occasionally gets into a, a fight yeah. here or two, this is a Grizzlies This is Grit rewind. City. They go Grit City. That's this what they brand themselves. Perfect they perfect for this Noah? organization. Oh, I love it, actually. No, the moment we talk about it, it's going to be excited. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Joakim Noah on this contract, you want to throw up, and you're saying, oh, he's not the same player anymore. But like we said, when you put him on a vet min, yeah. you know, he's kind of cool. It's kind of Andrew Bogut-esque. Yeah, I agree with you guys. <laughs> I think if Joe Kim Noah is going to play on any team, this is the team that makes Grid the most City, sense. Grid City, baby. Yeah, Let's get it. Yeah. Oh, give me a Joaquin Noah jersey. I'm so serious. <laughs> the only concern I'd have is that, I mean, obviously he's not going to be starting because the Grizzlies have Marc Gasol. So him coming off the bench, um, he wasn't too open to that. With the Knicks, man, he ain't got no he, choice. Yeah, no, he, he'd yeah. know going into it. There's he's not starting. Definitely so. not a starting spot for him. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's going to be discussed in contract talks. <laughs> yeah, and he he better realize that. But I, shout out Jaron Jackson, who's looking amazing for yeah. them as well, and has the highest ceiling I think out of any of the athletes that came in right now. Yeah, he's looking really good. I mean, Luca. Duncan I didn't say most potential. Play. I said okay. highest ceiling. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing. No, it's not. No? No. Okay. All right. Well, last thing before we get off the podcast. Alfred Payton's going to be out six weeks after undergoing surgery on fractured finger. Pelicans have been reeling of late. They started out, what was it, 4-0, and since then uh, they've been struggling. What do you think this does for the Pelicans? Does this, I mean, in six weeks from now, if the Pelicans are clearly out of the playoff picture, do the Anthony Davis rumors start heating up more? Well, I don't think Alfred Payton's going to be the deciding factor if they make the playoffs or not. I think they're going to have to address this a lot sooner than in six weeks because they can't go without a backup point guard considering, I believe his name's Frank Jackson. You haven't really seen much of him either. They just drafted him, and he's been dealing with injuries since he's came in the league. So they don't have a lot of depth there with that backup point guard spot. So I think they go out and sign someone, but I want to say John Wall so bad. I, I want to... I just want them to make a trade and bring him in there. I think John Wall and AD would be really exciting. I think this is a cool pairing with Drew Holiday if they can find out a way to do so. But I just don't think that's a realistic option. I think they really go out and sign a veteran backup to pretty much play the exact role that Alfred Payton plays and yeah, just figure it out I for actually, the next six weeks. Uh, the Pelicans could actually make a little bit of sense for 
John Wall. Even though he's on that horrible contract, they're going to be desperate to try to keep Anthony Davis. The Suns actually could make some sense, too. Um, I so, mean, they need, they need some point guard help there. Yeah, they this do. is the, by far the best news for the Houston Rockets. They're waiting for those Pelicans to drop out of that seven seed. Mello gone. James Harden going to be cooking, and they're going to be back. Oh, I, thought, in the I thought you were going to say because they were going to trade for Anthony. No, Davis. They, he's oh, saying, oh, I was going to ask with what. <laughs> no, they're going to slip and slide right into that eight. They're going to. They're going to take that spot. They're going to be back in the playoff picture. James Harden's going to do his thing. Back, back up, and, and then lose to the Warriors in the first round. Right? Hey, that would be a fun first that eight round. Seed. That'd be a fun first it round. It would. Very high scoring. It's just the Warriors would score 20 more points than the Rockets each game. I mean, just make it in the playoffs. We're going to call that a win right now with where yeah. the season starting. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of NBA Unwrapped. It's a fun podcast. Finally yeah. getting to be back on the show with you. Uh, anything you guys want to say? I mean, keep being active with me on Twitter. I love you guys. You know, we're over 22, 2300 of you guys now, and we're just continuing to grow. So please continue to... Be active with my videos I put up with all of the late game clips. I love how active you guys are with those. And you guys send me a lot of DMs now. And we'd love to hear any kind of ideas that you guys have to have some different segments and different kind of people on the podcast. We'd love to have some of you guys on too. I know I wanted to have a guest kind of experience with all of you guys and have as many of you guys tune in as possible and all guest star just a bunch of our fans and have a fan episode so i'd love to still do that at some point if any of you are interested just my dms are open and nbn wrapped and at perry aston hit me up i'd love to talk basketball with all you guys everything for me just have a happy turkey day and uh, enjoy the holidays yeah eat up guys seriously yeah Everyone have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy LeBron's return to Cleveland tomorrow night. That'll be fun. We will release another episode soon. Until then, take care, guys.